Welcome back to episode 9 of our podcast. Our guest today is part of Cocapec, a big cooperative from Altamogiano region in Sao Paulo, Brazil, that trades an average of a million and a half bags of coffee per year. Joining us today, Adilson Machado, Operations Manager of Cocapec's Trading Desk. Adilson is specialized in risk management and operations with derivatives, with deep experience in trading and logistics. Today, he will give us his overview on the Brazilian weather scenario, the 22 and 23 crop, demand, macroeconomic influences on coffee, spreads, logistics, and much more. This interview has been translated from Portuguese. First of all, thank you, Adilson, for accepting to participate in this podcast with us today. I wanted to start by talking about your trajectory in the market. The part that we do here for everyone on our podcast is to start by asking uh, to introduce yourself. Talk a little bit about your trajectory in the market, what brought you into commodities market, specifically the coffee market, since the beginning of your career until reaching your current position today at Coca-Pack. Adilson replies. Okay, legal, Igor. Primeiramente, também agradecer a Hi, Igor. First of all, Academy, uh, I also want to thank Coffee Trading Academy convite, and né? all the staff for the invitation. I'm a career professional here at the cooperative here at Cocapec. I started as a minor apprentice. Circumstances led me to the trading desk in the coffee market, mainly in a scenario similar to what we are experiencing today. In 2014 and 15, we had an important drought here in the region. And at that moment, I started to be a part of the coffee trading desk, uh, trying to find some solutions in that period. Since then, I've been in Cocapec, uh, working on risk management, treatment, quality, logistics. In short, everything that involves moving coffee in the region here, whether commercially, in terms of logistics, quality, trading, etc. So today, my role here at the cooperative is operations manager. I manage the whole strategy related to exports. Uh, our trading desk includes both financial and commercial areas. We manage derivative operations, hedging strategies. What we, what are the best tools to use at the moment? We give instruction for the producers in relation to the market scenario. What are the trends, etc. So the producer today is highly professional. He demands the service from the cooperative a lot. So we help him understand where the market is heading, what the trends are within the fundamentals of supply and demand, macroeconomy. So this whole context is encompassed here within a coffee desk under my management and aimed at producers as a commercial strategy. Market development is also part of my duties here. Cocapec today in relation to some other cooperative is not yet a major exporter. But the evolution of our exporting business is within uh, the scope of my work. We have work involved for this. So market development uh, and strategies to expand our exporting activities are also inside my area of responsibility. So it's derivative products and strategies, market access, information for producers and commercial strategies. All this is encompassed here within my area and passed on to the entire market. Igor says, Interesting. You said that the producers are well advanced, so they are always aware of the market. And I heard this from other traders from other cooperatives. Have you noticed that they are following the market, that they are aware of how to control their risk and do a proper hedge? How do you see this evolving? Adilson replies, 
Ah, Igor, com certeza. Que a nossa região ela é uma região muito madura yes, Igor, em sure. relação Our à utilização de ferramentas de relação com o uso de treinadores. A região de Alta Mogiana foi uma das pioneiras dos futuros sales. The barter, the barter uh, is in the half the biggest regions of Brazil who use this tool in proportion, if not the biggest. Given that it is a very technified and very mechanized region, this is increasingly demanded from the producer. So it's natural that there's an evolution in business management. Today, the vast majority of producers are called rural entrepreneurs. So they're really businessmen. Producers who really understand how volatility affects their business and the importance of cost management. Seeing market movements there, understanding what financial noises are, investment fund noises, what are the windows of opportunity, the producer is increasingly aware of this. So he uses his information to get better timings for his trading. Igor says, I was even going to leave this question for the end, but since we are already on the subject, It doesn't even seem that we're in the end of August in terms of liquidity, sales, and people are holding sales, right, in Brazil. So what are you noticing there from the producers? A feeling of, I'm going to expect higher prices. We recently had a pretty big market rally over the last week. So what do you see from the producer in terms of selling or when to sell the coffee from this 22 crop? A Gilson replies. É uma, uma ótima pergunta essa sua. That is a great question. Because é, I think that's the main question this year for people é, who é trade coffee, incognita. right? When will the market unlock? So at some point, we believe that when it was cold there and the risk was reduced, a little the market could unlock a little. It didn't happen. Now a lot is being said about the rains, the flowering. But the fact is that many producers from our region have barter commitments, future sales commitments, and for them it's very certain what will happen in the harvest, cash flow. So I think the biggest difficulty this year is not necessarily the coffee itself, because we left last year with low production here in our region. Automagiana has always had a very pronounced BNL nature. So we come out of a low year here, uh, producer, especially especially when compared to this year. So he's already undercapitalized. And this year, which would, should be the year to capitalize, we have a drop uh, of approximately 50%. And that brought many financial difficulties to the producer. And all of this I'm talking about Mojiana region, okay? So the issue here is not an issue of not having coffee to deliver, to fulfill their commitments, but the producer feels the need to have clarity of his coffee availability versus cash availability. As long as he doesn't start looking ahead there and solve the pending issues this year from the coffee commercialization to the purchase of fertilizers, inputs, etc. I believe uh, in this locked market. I believe he needs to solve these problems first to solve these pending issues and then start looking ahead. Our feeling is that the producer still doesn't look forward to it. The focus now is shifting to selling his commitments, settling his commitments. So yes, I believe that the coffee supply chain will move forward more unlocked than usual in, in terms of purchase and sales for coffee, of coffee. Igor says, perfect. So back to Coca-Pack. Yes, I wanted to talk about the role that Coca-Pack plays in the production chain. 
the volume produced, how much of this volume is destined to the domestic market and how much of this volume is exported by, by Coca-Pack. Tá legal, a Coca-Pack, ela tem 37 okay. anos, Coca né, de atuação is 37 aqui na Automogiana. It acts here at é... Automogiana region, being a local cooperative. So our focus is in the coffee growing in, of the upper Mogiana region. We currently have approximately 3,000 cooperative members, in which our average production is around one, one and a half million bags. Due to the strong biennial nature of this region, as I said, uh, this number can go up or down a bit. But on average, we tend to work with this volume of one and a half million bags. Our area of operation here is a little over uh, 100,000 hectares, with an average productivity in the range of 35 bags per hectare, okay? The cooperative has its own internal geo-referencing system where all the crops are mapped. This mapping help, helps our technical teams work today. This team is composed of 20 agronomists who are in the field through a portfolio work serving all producers. Some agronomists have been working for more than 20 years in the same area. So one, of key, one key factor, Coca-Pack values, is the deep knowledge of its region from its cooperative members and from the coffee plantation here in Alta Mogiana. Coca-Pack uh, is also active in all stages of the production process. So fertilizers, uh, machinery implements. We also have warehouses spread out in some cities here in the region. It's a total of seven warehouses with a static capacity of approximately 1.5 four million bags so the cooperative supports the producer from planting to shipping the commercialized coffee igor says perfect and you said a million and a half bags produced in total of those one and a half million how many go abroad edison replies então hoje a nossa exportação so, ela gira today our exports are around 10% of the total we receive But we have the plan that this occupies at least 30% of the total of our seed portfolio over the next years. It's a commitment to increase exports that we have, Igor says. Interesting. And you also talked a little about the Altamogiana region. Can you talk more about what is the importance of this region in the Brazilian coffee production in terms of productivity, quality, etc.? Adilson replies. Bom, a Alta Mogiana sem querer well, ser baixa. Well, I don't want to sound biased, but our region is considered one of the best express to have one of the best expressos in the world. So, in terms of quality, the Alta Mogiana coffee has a very interesting balance between body acidity and sweetness. The productivity of the region also stands out due to the lay of the land. We have a high and median altitude. We're in high and medium altitude with flat land. Uh, the average altitude here is of 900 meters, but it's, like I said, it's also flat land. So this enables us to have a well-technified mechanized production and at the same time to produce a high volume with the quality that the market demands. Today, Altamogiana represents 50% of the, all the coffee uh, produced in the state of Sao Paulo. The estimate for this year of production here 
in the region was of around 2.5 million bags. Coca-Pak operates in almost 65% of the total volume that Alta Mogiana produces. And it's a region in which the quality of coffee is recognized worldwide. So this coffee can go into the composition of blends with other regions of Brazil. It can also be used alone, especially in express coffee, or even to compose blends with other producing regions of the world. Automogena is highly demanded and highly valued in the market today. Igor says, wonderful. And since you have a great focus on the domestic market, you are probably noticing the demand. And what the numbers show with we take, for example, exports from Secafai is that the domestic market is consuming more robust than now, and this is affecting Brazil, Brazil's exports as a whole, but not necessarily reducing demand of Arabic. I know that when we talk about demand, it's such a difficult data to access, but how do you feel about the domestic demand? What changes have you noticed in the market over the years? Então, uh, tanto no mercado interno quanto so, no mercado in both global, domestic and global markets, if we think about the economic theory about the consumption café, of coffee, café, we will see that coffee was always proved to be very inelastic, even when né? compared to several other commodities. This means the price of coffee does not necessarily change the consumption of the final product. On the other hand, something that I've been noticing since 2020 with the pandemic and some difficulties, is that even though it doesn't change consumption in volume, in qualitative matters, this changes a little, okay? So we have seen since 2020 that the special coffee, for example, uh, being consumed more in coffee shops and less at home. In general, we see the price of coffee rising and the quality demanded for it decreasing so that the final consumer does not feel so much difference between the price he paid in times of lower inflation or a more, more stable coffee price within historical averages. So we see that the demand for qualities has changed a little, whether it's the size of the coffee bean, whether it's the flavor, uh, and even the market differentials narrowing a little uh, these coffees in relation to each other, high, higher qualities, some 780 or uh, even specialty coffee. So I think when we talk about demand and, and consumption patterns, it's much more a question of uh, the pattern of coffee consumed in terms of quality and flavor than a drop in consumption volumes itself. itself. Igor says, perfect. And that makes a lot of sense to leaving the subject of, of demand aside now and talking about cultivation areas and the current situation of Mogiana. What are you noticing? Are you noticing an expansion of cultivated areas or a retraction? What's the feeling among the producers about this crop and the next year's crop? And what advices would you give them? Adilson says. I think this is the hardest year to answer the first part of your question because of the frost and the dry effect, right? It Unconfigured the entire board. We didn't see any large proportion frost here in the region since 1994. So this gave confidence enough that many coffee plantations here in Automogian advanced into riskier areas. As this phenomenon hasn't happened for a long time, 
So these areas kind of stop being considered risk areas. Uh, those were the main areas that we had problems due to last year's frost. So there is still a doubt here in the region about the continuity of coffee growing in those areas. Because how do, if I'm the producer, how do I form a plantation uh, today and lose everything to start from scratch again? I need to invest in treatment. I need to invest in many things to be able to harvest uh, in two or three years. However, if this is an area that has shown to be very susceptible to frost, this means I can lose it again. So yes, we have uh, expansions in other areas. Uh, we're not, you're not sure about the continuity of coffee uh, production in these specific riskier areas. Uh, Alta Mogiana today is kind of, of a little coffee island here in the state of São Paulo because the larger city nearby is Ribeirão Preto and the city's mainly focused on sugarcane which has even involved a lot in, in those regions while Alta Mogiana is kind of coffee island that survived uh, circled by sugarcane and soil. In these highly affected areas there is already a discussion to what extent coffee areas should continue. The possibility of changing to a more seasonal culture such as corn or soil for example. So this is all under discussion. Uh, so it is very difficult for us to say today whether the Automogena Park is growing or not. Uh, I think it will depend on the financial condition and the risk that these producers are willing to take. It is very difficult to say if coffee areas uh, will grow or decrease moving forward, but there's a point to, to be aware of, those risky areas there. Igor replies. Perfect. And it's, yeah, it's really hard to say because the phenomenon comes and at the same time you have a highly attractive prices for all producers. Uh, coffee prices are in the highs, but there's also the frost affecting riskier areas and and making producers have second thoughts on continuing to invest in those areas. Uh, as you said, they can always uh, go to other cultures such as corn and soy, as you mentioned, uh, since they require less structural investment. So, yeah, I think it's difficult to fit numbers there to reach a conclusion. But Another subject that you have already mentioned when talking about frost is meteorology. Uh, we have 20 days of winter left with no frost expectations. So it seems uh, natural that now the attention turns to the rainy season over there in October. There are some reports of early flowering in some areas. From what I've seen so far, uh, it was isolated meaning it's not likely to be something generalized. But I wanted to hear your perspective on the weather scenario. What are you expecting from the rainy season, the upcoming uh, wet season here in Brazil? What are, are you waiting for a good blooming or a mediocre one? Because obviously this will have an impact on next year's crop later on. The wet season can cut production, put productivity, or it can contribute, right? So how do you see this evolving? Adilson says. Perfect, Igor. Uh, bom, eu não, Perfect, eu não Igor. Uh, I don't 
there to know a scenario because I think the flowering we had in 2021 this year was for me the great confirmation that the coffee market can always surprise us and we still have a lot to learn about the biological conditions of the coffee plant because a happy flowering in 2021 uh, is what we had but fixation was poor and a study showed us later that it was the result of the cold temperatures from last year that interfered in the fixation. That being said, the expectation is for a good flowering due to the vigor that the plants have shown so far. First rains we had were about 20-30 days ago or so. Flowering started in some, plant, in some plants, something that is somehow normal, okay? The most important thing that the coffee plants need uh, is a constancy of precipitation and what we call a thermal amplitude that is not so high. Why constant rain over and and uh, over high rain? Well because the soil has the ability to absorb water. So you got rains in one day, part of the mo moisture will be absor absorbed and the rest will be discarded and that's not enough. We need constant rainfall so that the soil can constantly absorb water through this process. The plant feeds and has a good flowering and setting that matches the vigor that it presents. The expectation is for rain starting in the next 20 days. And the predictions are showing that this constancy and everything indicates a good flowering and a good harvest for next year, therefore. The crops here in Altamogiana are well cared for. They are well nurtured, they have shown a lot of vigor, they are ready to open flower, just waiting for, for that start of spring that, it, the, that are the first rains. So, in spite of what was 2021 that showed a very good flowering but a bad setting, everything indicates this year that the flowering is good and the setting will be good. And and we're going to have an interesting crop in 2023 next year. But the lesson that remains is that we still have more to learn about the biology of the coffee plant. So it's something that we have to closely monitor each part of this process and see how the coffee park will respond to this year of productivity. At the beginning of this year, we had good rains, but there's still a water deficit there considering the accumulated for the period. Since last year and, and uh, the call we have, we now want to know if this can still leave a sequel in the plan for the next year, Igor says. And taking advantage of the hook in the weather subject, I visited Cerrado region in Araguari uh, city and I noticed that the coffee crops that are practically all irrigated. Is the situation the same in Altamogiana or do you not use much irrigation? A Gilson replies. No, aqui não. Na Altamogiana. No, not here. Altamogiana has only about 10% of coffee area that relies on irrigation. But in terms of pricing, our coffee and the coffee from Cerrado, they are very close, despite different qualities. Qualitatively, they are considered great coffees, but we have these differences in our production process. The dry soil of the Cerrado demands more water. The Cerrado region 
is uh, less of a rainy region compared to Alta Mogiana. So most of the park here has less of a sandy soil. It's also not very hot because of the altitude we are at. All this shows that our park does not demand in practice a massive investment in irrigation. It has grown in demand from the last few years because after a bad period of rains, the producer wants an answer. He wants to prevent it, try to remediate it somehow. So there is a growing demand in the region for investments uh, of this nature. Answering even a question you mentioned before about mentors, a great mentor I had here, Mauricio Meirelles, who was once the president uh, of Cocapec, always talked about this matter, that Alta Mogiana and irrigation, these two things, they wouldn't be in the same sentence. So it is a characteristic of ours, of our region, in detriment of the Cerrado region. Igor says, well, my family is from the Cerrado of Minas and I can confirm it's really dry. It makes perfect sense. Now, talking about the macroeconomic scenario, we have the dollar hitting the 20-year highs and a weak BRL. This affects coffee prices. It has an influence and it is not only that, not only currencies, but also inflation. This scenario is developing and affecting the coffee market. What's your macro view in relation to coffee? Our conception here in relation to this topic is that all this macroeconomic cloudness, let's call it that way, because there is a lot of information about inflation, about recession here. Uh, we, uh, we are also on the verge of our election here in Brazil, and it's hard for us to nail it, to say, look, it's international American interest rates, they will go up to this level or they won't go up to this level. Brazil is a turn on a turning point in the coming months because it, uh, of its political positioning. The fact that uh, the two candidates that are ahead of the polls have very different economic thoughts, very different ways of looking at the economy. I believe that all this nebulosity has hindered the supply chain much more from the cooperative to the roaster, uh, these guys are more affected than the two ends that are the production and the consumption. Because it's not just coffee, commodities in general have a financial bias because they are traded in the exchange, right? So the relationship of these entities within the supply chain is with financial entities, brokers, risk managements. Uh, all this has made coffee trading and traffic more expensive and difficult from the fields until it reaches the cup. So if you're going to talk about a big impact, it has generated an impact there. We also saw less of a very common operation in the market that in our view is what brings liquidity, the famous cash and carry, because the buyer used to buy this coffee at the origin and carry it inside of his stock inventory. So he carried these positions, but the New York spread curve was always uh, with a positive carry. So from the moment you have this massive inversion in the spread curve, this operation for someone who was willing to carry this coffee, this operation starts to generate disadvantages. It becomes an expense. It doesn't generate results anymore, right? Now the same guy needs to pay to carry this coffee. The same operation that he used to profit with 
he now needs to pay. So from the moment you remove this important player from the supply chain, you create a vacuum, a gap that there and that liquidity goes away, it goes down. So you have this drop in liquidity because it is an unsatisfactory market for this player. You have all this cloudness in the market that is difficult to project forward because of the difficulties of this year, which also relates to the companies that have future commitments to receive coffee from the producers. So there is a risk of flow. Uh, all of this brought a lot of, a lot of risk to the market and this risk is increasingly intensifying this problem because the spreads between uh, the different expires are opening they're increasing more and more so they're inverted and increasing and this is because the risk shows itself it presents itself more and more in the present in the short term rather than in the long term so whenever we talk about the commercials we are talking about risk then everyone has the red light on and they say oh let's wait and therefore all this has stalled the market in one way because the impression it gives is that these operations are no longer profitable for its participants so these matters brought a few particular issues for coffee from the most experienced trader in the market to the juniors they say that they don't remember of a scenario like this a moment like this in coffee particularly in relation to spreads. So let's wait to see what the recession will be, uh, if we will even have a recession, what the interest rate evolution will be out there. I believe that interest rate and inflation, uh, these are problems today that's much more external than internal. Brazil, I don't know if uh, for luck or, or expertise, I will leave it to the specialists, but we deal with the situation very well, so we see our economic indicators performing well. And abroad, maybe there is a delay in relation to the real impacts that all these actions, these rate increases by the central banks around the world could generate. But all the mess out there, it didn't hurt the coffee supply chain in general, not necessarily both producer and end consumer, but the players in between. The producer, I think, tends to be focused on eventual climate problems, right? Uh, I'm also making a hook there uh, in your previous question uh, on an advice I would give to producers. I think this year shows that productivity is key. So the secret is not the great prices, it's the cost. Yes, we saw prices going up, but we also saw costs going up. But today what hurts the producer uh, is the low productivity in relation to climate problems. So for this end part of the supply chain, uh, I don't see macroeconomics interfering so much except for this lack of liquidity that all these macroeconomic issues have brought to the supply chain and to coffee, uh, coffee trading in general. Igor says, interesting. I was even talking to people with more than two decades of experience in the market and they say, look, I've never seen inverted spreads at this level before. So as you mentioned, the players who used to do the rollovers and earn with this operation, uh, they now need to have a deep pocket today uh, in order to take position in front months. I also saw a very interesting chart showing the drop in speculator numbers, uh, not only in coffee, but in 
general commodities. This is very uh, expressive drop. So it is really a scenario of less and less liquidity, for sure. Adilson says. A gente também está no encerrando um super ciclo de Yes, Igor, and né? just taking a parallel on the subject, we are also closing a commodity super cycle, right? Given that the injection of liquidity is mainly from central banks, there is a lot of money running around the world, and it's not the first time that a movement like this happens. It's generally uncomfortable, and the coffee accompanies all this movement. One of our expectations here is that this movement will calm down and bring a little less volatility to coffee market. Uh, maybe these players are slowly coming back, right? And this market can go back to levels more similar to the normal we are used to. The impression we have today is that the more commercials try to defend themselves against the risk, the more this risk increases. So it is, Igor says. And speaking of risk, you previously said that you work also in the logistics part, right? What is the perspective you have for the logistical scenario in this post-pandemic days we're at? We saw a slight recovery, but it looks like it's still pretty bad. So how do you see the current scenario and the perspectives when we talk about logistics in terms of moving coffee from origins to destinations? Adilson says... A gente passa um problema, um problema We have a problem, a gigantic problem, which is the cost of shipping today. Okay, when we we're thinking of how much this interferes in, with the commercialization of coffee. Now, about logistical problems, I believe we always had them. In the course of the years, I think that the flow from Brazil in general has always been a problem in terms of availability of the container and everything else. But the pandemic worsened this in a, a very intense way. From the moment you have a stoppage there, you deconfigure it uh, all the year. And I think it's very difficult for us to get there when this year starts working again, running in full harmony, just like it worked before. Because it's not a specific issue of coffee growing or a specific issue from Brazil. We are talking about a global logistics uh, system that has been disfigured. So the companies and we'll probably give priority to those most essential products whether from the world's economies or for their business right so as long as this harmony doesn't come back i believe that we'll live through these ups and downs from moments of more comfort and moments of more difficulty but what is important is the fact that the market is always looking for solutions so we saw the big exporters there resuming the use of breakbooks. So the market is always looking for solutions to problems. Uh, it is in times of difficulty that we put our heads there to think and we begin to see new horizons, new solutions. And why not also come up with uh, even more efficient means for us to be able to work on this. So I guess what comes from all this problem is the resumption of breakbook modality, at least for now. But I think it's very difficult for us to talk about the return of this harmony just yet and this year working in a way that is more comfortable for all players. Now, for me, this is one of the main factors behind the following certified inventories. I think that the logistical problem is not only due to the difficulty of transporting the goods, but because of its cost. It shows that the cheapest coffee on the market uh, is certified coffee from the New York Stocks Exchange right we see 
somewhat impressive drop there and this tends to continue as long as this logistical problem persists. Uh, the coffee of origin today is very expensive and it is scarce and it is difficult to move. So one more seasoning there in all these difficulties of trading that we have been talking about so far. Igor says. Exactly. And all that, I, all that we talked about so far leads to the key question. And this is the question that everyone has and it's something that everyone has an opinion about. Which is the outlook for the 23rd crop? For this 22 harvest, the vision we can have is more about size. If it gets closer to 60 million or if it gets closer to 55 million bags. Uh, for the 23, we really want to know if it's going to be a very promising crop or a weaker one. Uh, if we will not if it will contribute or not to lowering KC prices. So I'd like to know from you, how are you seeing the 22 crop in terms of meeting or not those expectations? Uh, and how are you seeing the 23 crop uh, in terms of prospects? Adilson says. Olhando 22, né? o nosso número, ele... Okay, uh, looking at 22 this year, our number is closer to that of those people of the 60 million bags range, okay? So we see Arabica there between 33 and 35 million bags and Clownilon, uh, something between 20 and 22 million bags. Here at Alta Mogiana, we only work with Arabica coffee. All the work we do field research, we direct some technicians to other regions also to discuss, talk, uh, also based on the contact with other cooperatives. We believe that something closer to these numbers should be achieved this year. For the next year, looking at our region, it reversed, to, reversed the banal cycle. So this year was supposed to be a high crop year. The low har harvest of the automogena was around 60% of the high crop volume. This always happened in even years. So the expectation is that production in our region can be around 20 uh, to 30% higher than this year. In high crop years, we get close to a volume of 2 million bags of receipt by cooperative members. And in the low years, it drops to a magnitude closer to 1 million. This makes the average in around a million and a half but this year we should be close to 1 million 1 million and 200 and next year maybe around 1 million 600 1 million 700 so the year of high harvest is going to drop a little next year we will have a better crop but not enough to meet this crop's deficit that is certain but then yes then in 2025 considering uh, normal conditions 24 25 uh, there tends to be uh, to reach uh, better levels. Uh, so yes, we will have a better and bigger harvest next year, but we do not believe that it will be enough to recover this year's deficits. We are looking forward to the next crops, especially 2024 and 25. Uh, we see higher odds that these crops can, can clo come closer to what was uh, the 2020 crop. But we don't just look at the coffee market. Our team uh, here has the challenge of following the main indicators that interfere in the coffee and soft commodity markets in general. 
our understanding here is that coffee fundamentals, supply, demand, they are price makers, but the entire macroeconomic is responsible for the volatility behind it. When you have fundamental problems and macroeconomic problems, that's when you have this big explosion in price and volatility that we saw there. We can talk about the last 12 months. So it's very important for the trading desk, uh, the risk management, to be aware of volatility and the factors that delay it. And not necessarily just focusing only in supply and demand uh, of coffee. Would the price go up? Would the price go down? Would the price fall? Coca-Pack has this view for the angst essence of this its operation all of our operations are started by the producers no matter if it's a future sale or a barter all i need to have uh, is a producer behind authorizing me to do the operation because the cooperative does not take its own risks or positions in the market i believe today the market is not in a good selling price or therefore i will do this or i will do that no, we do not have this type of operation. We understand that Coca-Pack is a service cooperative. We are here to provide a service to the producer and the flow is the production of our cooperative member. So this trading area of ours here uh, serves the purpose of zeroing their end risks, but at the same time bringing efficiency to the producer's commercialization and with the zero risk policy, one of the market premises here. Whether I think the market will rise or fall, this information is the information I supply the producer uh, with, but based on his decision, this unlocks several triggers here so that the cooperative will reset its accounts throughout the day based on uh, uh, what are the commands the producer uh, will have. Igor says, wonderful. I believe we covered pretty much everything we planned for this conversation. So. Adilson, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you so much for participating, for accepting this invitation and for giving us so much valuable information that is relevant to us and to those that are listening to us. Adilson says... I also want to thank you and the whole Coffee Trading Academy team for the invitation. I hope I have contributed to this extremely pleasant chat. And I am always at your disposal whenever you have a relevant topic to talk about and I can help uh, and add something there, not just me, but the entire cooperative here. Well, we are available. Thank you for watching our Coffee Trading Academy podcast. Check out our website and subscribe to receive our free and premium coffee market reports. That's www.coffeetradingacademy.com. Again, coffeetradingacademy.com. Good luck for your trading, everyone. This is a good luck.